God's in control, and so does she, but she wants to see that she can eat every week. Or, or at least I can go do the grocery shopping every week. She won't grocery shop because she doesn't like the prices that we have to pay in the grocery store, so she's afraid to go buy anything. So if I don't shop, we don't eat, put it that way. <laughs> but um, I, I think I was going to take just a couple of questions, and I'm going to get into our message this evening. Does anybody have any questions about what you saw in the presentation or anything about New Zealand? Anybody? Oh, you have one? That's okay. If you think of it, I'll come back to you. I saw a hand back there. Uh, we do get to eat some sheep in New Zealand, although it's not. You would think that it'd be inexpensive um, to eat because there's so many sheep in the country, but it's not the cheapest meat in the country. Um, so we don't have it that often. You know, once or twice a year, really. We mainly eat chicken and beef and fish on Sunday nights. We have our fish and chip place around the corner. That's kind of our usual Sunday night meal is fish and chips. Um, anybody else have a question? Just give you an idea of some of the cost of living. Um, in New Zealand, uh, somebody asked me uh, before church about um, uh, what the New Zealand dollar is worth or the U.S. dollar against the U.S. dollar. Right now it's about a dollar fifty-three New Zealand for a U.S. dollar. I was sharing with people this morning that... Um, even though the exchange rate's good, the minimum wage in the country is about $24 an hour is minimum wage or considered a living wage in the country of New Zealand. So um, taxes are very high in the country. Uh, as you can imagine, just like here in the States, through all the COVID stuff, it's really hurt the country financially. There's been some very poor uh, political decisions that have been made uh, concerning uh, gasoline in the country, trying to go green. We had one refinery in the country that closed the refinery down, so all of our uh, gas or petrol comes from um, outside of the country now. But uh, So that's really driven the price of um, gas up in the country. We're paying about uh, close to $12 a gallon for gas um, in the country of New Zealand is where gas prices are. So when you see it at five-something, don't be sweating yet. <laughs> but uh, so those, that's just... Uh, um, what we're getting, what we're seeing in the country, and as far as politically, um, I was also asked about, you know, what's a what's the government? How do they accept you as a missionary in the country? And in New Zealand right now, it's um, it's becoming more of an open attack on Christianity in the country. Uh, some a couple of the missionaries were at our house one evening. We were. Uh, we were going to go do some hunting, and they came down to our our, our house for the um, in the middle of the week, and so we were setting, and uh, another missionary sent me a text and said, "You guys need to look what's going on in Parliament tonight in this reading of the conversion therapy bill." So we pulled up Parliament, we watched Parliament TV, and we were watching. It was about a two-hour debate over this conversion therapy bill, and really what that bill does is if uh, if Billy comes home and tells mom, you know, I, I'm not a boy, I'm a girl, and then Billy goes back to, you know, uh, Billy, uh, Billy's mom tells him, no, no, you're, you're, you're not a girl, you're a boy. She, then he goes to school and tells a teacher that said it's okay, Billy, to be a girl if you want to be a girl. If she contradicts that teacher or that counselor, that's considered hate speech, and a parent can get three to five years in prison 
for contradicting the teacher or the counselor um, in telling their child that they're not a, you know, Billy's a girl or, you know, uh, if a girl is a boy. So if you contradict that, then you'll get in trouble three to five years in prison. So anyways, through that debate of that bill, one of the things that came out in there is one of the uh, ministers got up and she, uh, you'd have to understand our parliament, about 50% of our parliament is is openly gay um, in New Zealand. And so they, that night, really laid into um, missionaries, missionaries that have come to the country in the past and present that are there uh, using the Bible, telling them that their sexuality is wrong and openly uh, attacking Christianity and telling missionaries, pastors that, that use the Bible, that preach against this, that you should beg forgiveness of the people of New Zealand and beg forgiveness of your God and that it's not wanted in the country of New Zealand. So, you know, it was quite, um, it was quite eye-opening that evening watching that. And uh, as we were discussing that evening, it may be something in the future where the church is more of a house church, or um, we hate to say that it goes underground, but, you know, it, if it's going to be an open attack on people, we've got to be wise in how that we also protect the people and still reach people in the country in New Zealand. So um, those are things you can pray for us about um, in New Zealand. Uh, if you'll take your Bibles and turn to the book of Colossians this evening, I'm going to share something with you um, this evening. And as you're turning, let me say thank you for the spirit you have in your church. You don't understand how rare this is in this country these days. And, you know, it's not an accident that you have the spirit in the church. And, Pastor, I mean, I, I am, uh, you know, happy to see the spirit here. And can I say something to you young people? You don't, don't look at what you have here and take it for granted. What you have in your church and what your parents are in your in other family here and your church family, this is something special, what you have here. And I remember in my days growing up at Foster A. Baptist Church that this is the type of spirit we had in our church. We all work together. We all love spending time together. And this is, a, this is what I believe we ought to be as a church. You know, just when I, I was sitting up there this afternoon, I know you guys have choir practice in the afternoon, but I was... Looked out the window up there at 3 o'clock. It's like, wow, look at all them cars out there. And kids running around. It's like, this is great. This is something special, and don't take it for granted. You know, God's given you uh, something here that is very special. And if you were to go down in the lower 48, you would soon find out there's not many churches like this. So continue serving the Lord and being faithful right here in Anchorage. And God will continue to bless the church here as you reach people here in Anchorage. Uh, with the gospel. This evening, I want to, yeah, you know, it's not funny as we get old, you need these to see and then you take them off to read, and I'm just at that stage of life right now. But um, this evening, I want to share just a few thoughts with you tonight. I, and this is, this is on a person that we don't normally, you don't really hear anything said about him normally in church. Um, has anybody ever done a, a study on the man Epaphras in our Bible? He's mentioned a couple times in Colossians. He's mentioned once in Philemon, verse 23. And he's only mentioned three times in our Bible. But you know, as, as you stop, I was, as I was thinking about this man and 
doing a, a study on him. You know, first of all, it's amazing to even be thought about when the Holy Spirit's directing people to write even something about a person, let alone that the Holy Spirit guided Paul to write in here this man's name and what took place between him and Paul and how an encouragement, uh, how encouraging he was to Paul, Epaphras was. And I, and I want to look at some of the reasons why he's found in our, in our Bible, and we're going to look at some of those things tonight. But first of all, you know, um, Epaphras here, just some, some facts about him. As I was doing a little bit of research on him, you know, there, there's some uh, theologians that believe that uh, Epaphras started the church here in Colossae. And there's a reason for that. If you uh, read through the book of Colossians, you'll see that Paul said he hadn't been there yet, hadn't seen him face to face, and, you know, that they believe that uh, Epaphras was the one that started Colossae, that he started Laodicea, that he started the church in Heropolis, and that, that he was actually, they believe, saved under the ministry of Paul in Ephesus. And, you know, so there's some things about him that we kind of gather some of the things, you know, they, they are um, true speculation. But these are just some thoughts about uh, Epaphras. Now, what I want us to see tonight is, and, I, and I'm really not going to go to, to uh, Philemon 20, uh, 23, so let me just um, say here that the verse states, There salute the Epaphras, my fellow prisoner in Christ Jesus. You know, so in this one verse in Philemon, that mentions it here, Epaphras, it talks about him as being a fellow uh, prisoner, Paul's fellow prisoner in Christ. That it is likely that he was a prisoner with Paul. Some believe that an actual prisoner, some believe, speaking biblically, uh, that he was a fellow prisoner uh, of Paul as well. But, um, you know, that is what is said of him in Philemon. Now, when we come to Colossians uh, chapter 1, I'm going to read verses 3 through 8, and this is what is written here. We give thanks to God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you, since ye heard, or we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love which ye have to all the saints. For the hope which is laid up for you in heaven, whereof ye heard before in the word of, of the truth of the gospel, which is come unto you as it is in all the world, and bringeth forth fruit as it doth also in you, since the day ye heard, heard of it, and knew the grace of God in truth. As ye also learned of Epaphras, our dear fellow servant, who is for you a faithful minister of Christ, who also declared unto us your love in the Spirit. You know, is, uh, Paul here under direction of the Holy Spirit writes uh, about Epaphras. There's some things here about him that I, I want us to draw from this passage. First of all, in these verses, we see that Epaphras was a man that preached the gospel. You know, he was one that, that shared the gospel with people. You know, when you, when you get saved, you know, my dad, when my dad got saved, when I got saved, I was a kid. When my dad got saved, he was an adult. When my adult father got saved, there was a change in his heart about what he, what he wanted to do with his life. You know, he was a first-generation Christian that saw the need in reaching people with the gospel. 
you know, I believe Epaphras here was that way as well. And I, I was thinking about it. You know, who was it that Epaphras was trying to reach? You know, when, when you get saved and, you know, maybe you're a first-generation Christian, who are some of the people that you go to first? You go to your family. You go to your friends. You reach your countrymen with the gospel. You know, I believe here in Epaphras' life that he was one that wanted to see his family and friends, but also his countrymen come to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And, it, and Epaphras was not shy or scared of preaching the gospel to people. You know, we as believers need not to be shy. And, you know, these, these are some reasons why he's mentioned here in these passages that Paul wrote is because of his love, I believe, for God and the gospel. Because he, he had this heart to reach people. You know, here at Anchorage Independent Baptist Church, I believe there's a love to reach people with the gospel. I've seen it since we've been here. Don't ever lose that zeal for reaching people with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Once you lose that zeal, you're no longer a church. You're just a meeting place. But as the church here, reach people with the gospel of Christ. Be, be as a Epaphras and have that heart to preach the gospel. One of the other things here mentioned in this passage that that Epaphras was Paul's fellow servant, that he was a fellow servant in, in the work of Christ, in, in God's work in taking the gospel and in building his church, that he was his fellow servant. You know, there's, there's nothing like having somebody work alongside you that has the same heartbeat. You know, uh, you can go to the mission field and, you know, a lot of people will, will end up on the mission field and be a husband and wife, and people will say, well, let's go on two by two. That's really not going two by two. You know, I, I believe it's two men, two women working together in a team. We see Christ sending the apostles out, uh, the disciples out two by two, and they went out as teams to reach people with the gospel. Two men went out to, to reach people with the gospel. I believe that, that Epaphras has that heartbeat and working alongside of Paul and others that they had that same heartbeat to reach people with the gospel were great, and we'll see this in a minute, encouragement to each other as well. There's nothing like being able to, you know, you have a hard day, it's, it's nice to be able to stop and talk with somebody and just say, hey, you know, this is what's going on, can you pray for me, and you know, or going out and knocking on a door together, or, or going to visit somebody that's having a difficulty in the ministry. I'm thankful, uh, the first time we were on New Zealand, we are on the South Island, we were a little bit more isolated from, from people because we were so far apart, the churches were. And on the, on the North Island, we're still an hour and a half from the, the closest, or an hour and 15 minutes of the closest church north of us, but you know, it's good to have people that are close that we can get together and fellowship with. You know, I was, I was just in a church not too long ago, and, uh, and the pastor's wife asked me, well, are, are all of you from the same mission board? No, we're not all from the same board, but we all serve the same Lord. You know, just because I'm not with the same mission board doesn't mean I can't get along with somebody. And I believe that it, the heartbeat of uh, the Bankstons, uh, and the Pipers, who we do fellowship with, and other pastors, is the same heartbeat to reach people with the gospel. And I'm thankful for people like Epaphras that God directed Paul to write about in our Bible that was somebody that was a fellow servant, that was somebody that worked alongside of Paul in reaching people with the gospel. 
You know, and he got mentioned here, but you know what? This church has people in it that work alongside a pastor and reaching people with the gospel here. You may not get your name mentioned in the Bible, but believe you me, you're an encouragement to your pastor when, as you work alongside of him and reaching people with the gospel here in Anchorage. And that goes for any, any pastor or missionary when they have somebody that can draw alongside of them and work together that you, you're encouraged to keep on moving on. You can have a really bad day. You can have somebody say something hateful to you. But you know what? Just having somebody there to say, hey, you know what? Let's just keep going on serving the Lord together. You can just keep moving forward and you don't get discouraged by those things because those things are going to happen. And there will be those things the devil tries to put in there to discourage you from moving forward. And can I encourage you here tonight to, to have that heart of Epaphras, to be that fellow servant with your pastor. Just encourage them and the staff and other people, and not just the pastor, but each other here in the church. Just can, encourage each other to keep moving forward and spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ together as fellow servants together here. There's, there's no greater thing. You know, I, I've shared with people as well that I have family. You know, you, we all have physical families. But you know, when we got saved, the church became our family. My, my, my mom and dad's family all lived there. My dad has uh, five brothers and sisters, and my mom had uh, six brothers and sisters. And you know, they come from large families. And we did a few things together before we got saved. But after we got saved, it seemed like, man, we didn't have all that family stuff going on because our family became our church family. Because our heartbeat was different and the direction that our family was going was a different direction than our family, physical family, was going. And the church family was our family. And I am thankful for people in a church that are just faithful people, right? Right where God puts you. And I'm going to We'll see that in, in a moment here with Epaphras as well. well I'm, I'm right here on this point. Epaphras was a faithful, faithful minister. He was a faithful minister of the gospel. He was a man that faithfully ministered the gospel to people. And he was faithful in his life. He was faithful to his Lord. He was a faithful man in his ministry. You know, I've thought about through the years. I've gone to men or to their their uh, wife, I've, I've uh, had a couple of my Sunday school teachers through the years that have passed away. God just allowed us to be in Michigan when one of them had passed away. I went to his wife. I told her, um, you know, she's, she's still alive. I still go and visit her when I'm in Michigan. And I tell her, I said, you know, your husband was one of the top five most influential men in my life. He was my Sunday school teacher. You know why he was that? Because he was faithful and he loved us. As a teenager, I understood my Sunday school teacher loved me. Was I lovable? I was like any other teenager. I got, I, he'd be up there on the dry erase board writing something out. The sun would come through that window, and I'm doing shadow things right next to his head. <laughs> and he would see that on the board, and he had a very distinct laugh. He would, you know, it was kind of <laughs> like, just like that. And he's like, okay, wise guy, you can finish teaching the rest of the class. But, you know, and I'd get up, and I would attempt to teach class. And, but yet he still loved us. It's not like he was mad at us. He understood that we were teenagers. He understood that it was his job to reach our hearts, and he did just that. He would take us out in Michigan. We, in the spring, we go sucker spearing. You know, and if you know what a sucker is, I'm, not, I'm talking about a fish. And we would spear these things in, a, in these drainage ditches. 
in Michigan. And they would come in off the lake, they'd run through the drainage ditches, there'd be hundreds of fish in those ditches, and he would take us out, he'd pick us up at 11 o'clock at night, he would bring back when Pepsi and Coke was in the real bottles, in the glass bottles, when you put them in the fridge, is the best way to drink a Coke or Pepsi. Uh, but you know, he would bring those glass bottles, he would bring Doritos, and he would bring those things in the truck, and we'd get in that old Chevy pickup with a bus seat in the back, and we'd drive 30 minutes up to where we could go sucker spearing, and we'd have a great time with him. And he was, you know, he would take a bottle of his Pepsi, he would eat a mouthful of Doritos, take a big swig, and spit it all right back into his bottle. Like, now nah, you guys try to take a drink of that. You don't want any of that now, do you? You're exactly right. I don't want to drink your pop now. It's nasty. But you know what? He, he was great. Because he loved us. He was great because he was faithful. He was always in class. He was always there. He was Thursday night on visitation. He was, he was always constantly just a consistent. When I would stay, his son, Don Thatcher Jr., and I graduated high school together. When I would stay that night at their house, when we would get up in the morning, his dad would be sitting at the table doing his devotions, eating his cereal, and praying for us at the table. He was a faithful servant that God used in my life. And I'm thankful for people like that. I'm thankful that God allowed me with one of my other teachers to be home in Michigan when he had a stroke. And he, they knew he wasn't going to make it. He had, a, he had a really bad stroke. And I was able to go in before he passed away. And I was able to just take him by the hand. His eyes were closed. They said he was unresponsive. And I just thanked him for being my Sunday school teacher for loving me and teaching me the Bible. And I'm thankful for people like Don Thatcher and Jim Swadling. They had the same kind of spirit of Epaphras that was just a faithful man. You know, folks, in my life, God didn't use a, a pastor to really direct me in life. You know what he used was faithful laymen sitting in the pew. And sometimes we think it's the, the pastor's job, you know, to affect everybody in the church. You know, it's your job to be faithful and allow God to use you in the lives of others in this church to help them spiritually to grow into what God wants them to be, not just the pastor. Because, you know, I, I, can, re, I can think of other people that were not faithful, that were not doing the work that God wanted them to do, that in their life what they spoke and what they did did not line up. But those men, their lives did line up. And I'm thankful that God put men like that in my life that were just faithful servants doing what God had for them to do. You know, one of the other things that Epaphras did is he spoke edifying words in this, in, in this passage as well. He, the way he spoke about people and the church. and He was just a man that spoke these edifying words. Be a person who, who speaks edifying words. Not words that tear people down, but one that speaks words that edify and build up people with the words that we speak. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to move along here because i got a couple more points and I want to get to. So the next thing about Epaphras, if we flip over to Colossians 4, verses 12 and 13, and I encourage you to take time this, you know, this week or at some point to, to read through Colossians and read about Epaphras and See, see these verses on your own as well. But in Colossians 4, verse 12 and 13, it says, Epaphras, who is one of you, 
a servant of Christ, saluteth you always, laboring fervently for you in prayers, that you may stand perfect and complete in all the will of God. For I bear him record that he hath a great zeal for you, and them that are in Laodicea, and them in Heropolis. You know, Epaphras was a man who I believe was a, a great servant that was a great man who was a praying man as well. He was a man of prayer. We see this in these verses here where Paul writes, laboring fervently for you in prayers. He was a man that prayed for people. You know, in your prayer life today, how are you doing with laboring in prayer for people? You know, it's not easy. That's why he says he's laboring for people in prayer. But do you take time to pray for people? Do you take time to pray for your missionaries? I believe you do. And I, I would say at this point, thank you for your prayers for us through the years in New Zealand. But you know, as you think about others, are you praying for people right here in Anchorage that you know? Family members that need to know Christ as your Savior, your neighbors that need to know Jesus. You know, you, you know as well as I know, I, I spoke about it on Sunday school this morning, Sometimes we live in the midst of a crazy neighborhood. You know what goes on, because if you were in New Zealand, we only have single-pane glass on our windows. So you can breathe and you can hear what the neighbor's doing. You can only imagine with my voice, everybody on the block knows what's going on in my house. I mean, I just talk and everybody knows it. My missionary friend riding together in the car one day, I seen him reach up in New Zealand, and I saw him do something in his ear. And I, I, the thought came to me real quick. Did you just take your hearing aid out of your ear? Oh, and he starts laughing. Yeah, I did. Your voice just blows my eardrum out. <laughs> but, you know, we need to be people that pray for others. And you know what's going on in those homes because you live in the midst of a neighborhood that sometimes it's not as private as people think. And you know what's happening. You need to pray for your neighbors. You need to pray for people that God lays on your heart that need Christ as their Savior. You need to pray for each other in this church. You need to pray for these kids and these young people that are in here, these teenagers that have decisions to make coming up before too long about what, what am I going to do with my life. You know, it's an important decision where they go to college or what God has them to do with their life. That's an important decision. And are you praying for people as they make those decisions? Be people that pray, be an Epaphras, and be the person that through prayer you encourage other people and you just faithful in praying for others. Be a prayerful person. You know, Epaphras in these, these verses, one of, one of his heartbeats was that he, he wanted people to be able to stand before God complete. You know, he wanted to see them be able to stand and give a good account for what they've done in this life. You know, I believe your pastor wants you to be able to stand and give a good account before God with what you've done in this life. You know, we spend... So many times of our, so much time of our life we wasted on things that are not important. You, you understand that. You know, it seemed like in my life, I, I, as a teenager, I knew at 16 years of age that God called me to preach. I went off to Bible college, and you know, I just I was there. I met my wife. We, I spent a year and a half in school, and then I ended up marrying Dawn, and then just got out of school. I went back home, worked in, a, in our church, but not really doing what God had for me to do. Just 
going through the motions in life, just kind of feeling like I'm wasting, you know, I wasted some time in my life. I know God was always working on me and teaching me things through those years. But, you know, I look back on it, I think, man, why, why, why did I waste all them years? And humanly speaking, you know, I, I wish I could go back and do it over again. But knowing God was in control, we just move forward and we just do what we know today is the right thing to do. And you know, the, my pastor's heart at that time was that we would do what God had for us to do in my life. I, he knew that God had called me to preach. I was 27, 28 years old and went to family camp one year. I got things right with the Lord at family camp. I went back to, to our home church. I told my pastor uh, at the time... I said, uh, you know, God has God got a hold of my heart at camp, and I need to go back to college and finish what God started in my life years ago. I need to go into the ministry. And so, I, you know, when I told him that, uh, he, he basically said, uh, in, in a short way, uh, it's about time that you, you left out of here. You know, it's like, what do you mean? You want me out of here? <laughs> but he knew that God had something else for me. He knew that, that God had a plan for my life, and he had been praying that we would surrender and go do what God had for us to do. And I'm thankful for men like that, because he wanted what God wanted in my life, just for us to be able to stand complete and be able to give a good report to our Heavenly Father one day. But Epaphras was that kind of man. And the last thing about Epaphras here is that he had a zeal. For his brethren. You know, he had a zeal for people. He had a zeal for, the, you know, his, his heart and his desire for people through salvation, that they be saved, that they, be, that they serve God with all of their heart and with all of their soul, that they would just serve him. And do you have that zeal here this evening? Do you have a zeal in your life as Epaphras to reach people, to serve God? to be an encourager, to be a fellow servant with the people here in the church, do you have that kind of zeal in your life tonight? You know, if, if that zeal isn't in your life tonight, may I encourage you to, to get that right with God and have the zeal that God would have you to have in reaching people and being an encourager here at Anchorage Independent Baptist Church. Epaphras was, was not a man that a lot is written about, but there's a lot of things about his life that we can look at as believers and say, you know what? There was something special about this man in his life. And this is why he's in our Bibles and why Paul wrote him in here under direction of the Holy Spirit. This is why he's here. And folks, may I encourage you tonight to be an Epaphras. And again, let me just say thank you for those here that have prayed for us and that have supported us prayerfully and financially, which I believe the church has, and that you do, thank you. Because I know you don't hear that enough from people. But I want to say thank you. You don't understand the days, and pastor would understand us being on the mission field. I've heard some of the stories that, you know, and some of you here that have, that have surrendered to mission. Some days you get on the place where God wants you, and they're not always days that you want to stay there. You know, I remember the first time we landed in New Zealand, our kids 
were 12 and 9. And we got to New Zealand when our kids were younger. That was a tough age. My son at 12 was looking forward to being in the youth group that fall. We left in June, and he would have been in the youth group in August or the end of July. And those were hard days for my kids. There were, those were days where we were standing. We, we got in the country. We knew nobody. My kids knew nobody. They left their friends. They left their family. They left their grandparents. I've got a picture of my son as we're walking down to get on the plane in Flint, Michigan, and that was in the day when all your family could be up there looking out the window. And he, they were all up there looking out the window, taking pictures. And my dad snapped a picture of my son holding my hand, walking into the plane. He's turned around, reaching up towards the window like somebody saved me. I don't want to go on this airplane. And tears running down his face. We cried all the way from Flint, Michigan to Milwaukee on that first hop of our flight. And that, that was a tough flight. And then we got to the country, and we didn't know anybody. My kids had no friends, nobody to throw football with or baseball with because they didn't play that sport in New Zealand. And we got there, and we were so discouraged in that first month. I told my wife, if I could build a boat out of pallets, I would build a boat, and we would sail back to the States. But that was me and my flesh speaking because we were discouraged. You know what? There was people that was praying. They were praying for us when we hit that island that we would stay and do what God had for us to do with our life. And I'm so thankful for people that encouraged us through little notes that we're praying for you. Drop us a, a call. Sometimes it was a phone call, an email, a note in, in, through the mail that we're praying for you, and I'm thankful for that. Be that kind of person right here in Anchorage. Let God use you. Let God use you to influence the next generation. Let God use you to encourage each other to keep moving forward. Be a faithful servant right here in Anchorage. Let's close in a word of prayer this evening. With our heads bowed and eyes closed, I'm going to turn it over to Pastor in just a minute. But maybe tonight you're here and you say, you know what, Brother Judd, in my life, God has spoken to me about something this evening, about... Epaphras, and just some of the things that we, we saw tonight about his life. And maybe God's spoken to you about something, and you just say, hey, I'd just like you to pray for me this evening. Is there anyone like that here this evening? You say, thank you, thank you. All right. And maybe tonight you're here. I'd never like a service to go by where we didn't ask this one question. The most important question you have to answer in your life is, do you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? And maybe tonight here you're here and you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior. And tonight you need to settle that matter in your life tonight. May I encourage you to do that. There's no greater decision you could make in your life than to, to accept Christ as your Lord and Savior. And maybe that's you here this evening. If that's you here, I'm not going to call you out or point you out. Heads are uh, bowed and eyes are closed. But if that's you here this evening, would you just simply raise your hand? I'd like to pray for you as well this evening. Is there anyone like that here this evening? All right, thank you. All right, let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day you've given to us. We thank you for the time that we could meet together this evening. Father, I do thank you for Anchorage Independent Baptist Church. And Father, I thank you for the heart that they have for you. Father, I thank you for the spirit that is evident in this church and Father just wanting to be a faithful church ministering to the people in their community 
Father, to each other here, encouraging each other to just keep on moving on. Father, I thank you for that. Father, I pray that those that have raised their hand this evening for uh, whatever you've spoken to their heart about tonight, Father, about Epaphras, Father, I pray that you would encourage them in their life to be a servant like Epaphras. Father, I thank you again for Jesus Christ and what he has done for us on Calvary. Tonight, if there be one here that doesn't know Christ as their Savior, may tonight be their day of salvation. Father, I pray that you would guide and direct in this invitation time. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Pastor. Amen. Are you in a papyrus? Are you that encouragement or somebody else? You know what? We need each other. We need that. We, there, there's a reason why God has you in this church. And if the Lord spoke to your heart, we certainly want you to come and pray. Let's all stand to our feet. Let's turn to page 509. Page 509. If you need to come and pray here this evening, you come and pray. <laughs>